Hello, good morning to you, Woolwich Community Church and anyone else who might be joining in this morning for our Sunday morning service. You might be listening to it on a Sunday, in the daytime, in the evening, another day, but you are, yeah, you're most welcome to join us. I hope you've already enjoyed the worship and uh, the testimonies and communion, and we're going to have um, a few more things going on. So I'm just going to share the word of the Lord with you, and I just want to start with prayer. Uh, the reason I believe that we start with prayer, and it's very important to start with prayer, is because the spirit realm, it operates and it works through words, the words that we speak. God said that he is a spirit. He said that words are spirits. And he said also that we are spirits. So we are spirits. We live in a body and we have a soul, but we are a spirit. And our spirit is encased in this body. And God is a spirit. The Father God is a spirit. The Son is a spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. Jesus the Lord, he took on a body and the Holy Spirit housed himself in that body. When Jesus died and rose from the dead, the Spirit of God was then promised that he would come and he would come and he would house himself in our bodies. So it's important to release the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit by words and by prayer. God told us to pray so that he would answer. So we're just going to pray. Father, we thank you for another day in your world. If we're breathing, Lord, there's hope. If we're alive, there is life. And Lord, we just open up our hearts. We open up our minds to what your spirit is saying. We decree and we declare right now that the word of God will go forth. It's unstoppable. We thank you for your word. It goes into our lives, into our hearts. It goes into circumstances. It goes into our situations and it changes things forever. Holy Spirit, we give you access. We give you full permission. Have your way in our midst today, in our homes where we're sitting right now. Lord, let your glory be shown in us and through us today as we receive the engrafted word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So I hope um, that you're all you're all doing well. I don't know what type of week that you've had, but it's a new day. Today's a new day. God created a brand new day for us to live in, a new opportunity for us to be alive in this world. You've heard me say it many times and you'll hear me say it many more times. Yesterday is over. Tomorrow may never come. But what we have been given as a gift from God is today to live in the fullness of the day. Because God has said we must learn how to be content with what we have because God has said he'd never leave us. He's never, ever going to forsake us. He's going to be with us forever. So we are to learn to be with content, meaning that whatever we find ourselves in, whatever situation we find ourselves in or whatever circumstance, whatever we are being challenged with, whether we are being challenged right now with a physical ailment uh, and it doesn't seem to budge, whether we've got conflict in our relationships whether our kids are just going crazy, whether we don't have enough finances, uh, whether we've got mental health issues, uh, whether we have got um, struggles in our jobs or we haven't got a job. Whatever you find yourself in now, situation in the world, in this life, the Lord wants you to realise and he wants you to know you can learn how to be content if you put the word of God to work in your heart and in your mind. Hallelujah. So today, um, testimonies. I mean, when I think about testimonies, I feel that testimonies, yeah, that it's great 
that we have testimonies and that people give their testimonies. But over the last few days, I've been looking at testimony from a different angle or just see it in a different way. And um, I thought it was quite refreshing. And I just want to share some things with you that I've seen um, from a couple of passages from, from the Gospels concerning uh, testimonies. Now, recently I spoke to you about faith, uh, the importance of our faith, of using our faith, the faith that God has given us to have faith in God, because without it, we can't please God. Um, but with it, all things are possible. When we mix our faith uh, with the scriptures, when we mix our faith with the living God, with the Holy Spirit, as we partner with him, uh, we can move mountains. Things can change in our lives and we can move mountains in other people's lives. So remember that faith is a substance. It's tangible. It's a spiritual substance. It's a spiritual currency. It comes from the heart of the Father. It's a gift to us. It comes to us through the word of God. Also, I just want to remind you that the Holy Spirit expressly told us as a church this year, we must make it a priority for the word of God to be the priority in our lives. What does that mean when I say that the word should be a priority? That means whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, however you live your life, God expects you to have his word first place. That means he's the one through his word that you are to go to first and foremost. When you're being faced with a challenge, when you've got a tricky situation, when you don't know what to do, go to the word. When you are in lack of wisdom or counsel, go to the word. When you're in need of finances, go to the word. When you need your healing, go to the word. Learn the word of God over every situation. There is nothing under heaven that is new. There's no new things that uh, can all of a sudden come about that God it will start scratching his head and think, well, I, I didn't cover that one. I haven't got the answer for that. God in his word and through his spirit has the solution for whatever we face in this life. So we must be people that know the word of God. The word of God is Jesus himself put on um, paper uh, in Bibles on your phone. That is the word of God. And that word that you read when you take it into your heart and you believe it and you mix it with your faith, it becomes alive. It becomes alive and it changes situations. So I just want to read um, from Luke's gospel, from Luke 17 and verses 11 to 19. So this is the account of when Jesus was on the earth and he was walking and he was with his disciples um, and they came across some lepers. Now, lepers uh, in those days, they were not um, really allowed to be out in public. They weren't allowed to be um, in, um, in in the society with everybody else. They had to keep themselves secluded um, and they were looked really looked down upon. They were um, looked upon as the dregs of society. So this is the account of when a Jesus is on the earth and he meets um, some lepers. So I'll start from verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And they went. They were cleansed as they went. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. 
and he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Verse 19, Then he said to him, Jesus says to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Most translations say, your faith has made you whole. Scholars will say here that the reality is, as this one leper returned to give thanks to Jesus and cry out with a loud voice in his thanksgiving to the Lord, coming back to just give God glory, to open his mouth, to give God thanks. The Bible says in verse 19, when Jesus said, rise and go, your faith has made you well or made you whole. That leprosy in those days, a lot of people, even when they got healed of it, they would be without fingers or maybe, you know, without a toe. Parts of their body, because of the decay of the leprosy, would drop off. But here, when this one man returned to give glory to God, to testify with his thanksgiving, it says that he was made whole. Instantly, he became whole. Whatever was missing, whatever was lacking in his body, instantly he became whole. Hallelujah. This was his true encounter with God. This was his to own for himself. This was his testimony. And he came back to give God thanks. To me, this showed me that when God blesses us, as he does multiple times in our lives, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, as God blesses us, that blessing doesn't just stop there. That blessing, it multiplies. The blessing that was on this man's life, God blessed them by one word, by saying go. He told them to go. Within God's word is the power for healing. They got up and they obeyed and they went. And as they went, they became cleansed. This one man, he returned with his thanksgiving out of his mouth to worship Jesus. Then he became whole. His initial blessing then multiplied and it became something even greater. Encounters with God that you have, never take them lightly. God wants you to realise they're just a seed, they're just the beginning. He wants to take that and then multiply it and make it so much more bigger than your initial blessing. Hallelujah. I want to read now from Luke 24. And I'll start from verse 13 from the NIV. Uh, This is is, um, an account of after Jesus had been raised from the dead, the disciples were distressed. They were perplexed and they were saying, well, you know, what's happened? We thought he was the son of God. We thought he was the answer to everything. Now he's dead. We don't understand. And when we read um, the accounts of the disciples' reaction, I don't know about you, but I thought, How do they not know what was going to happen? It tells us so many times in the gospel that Jesus said to them, the son of man, he must be going, we've got to go to Jerusalem, the son of man, which is him. I'm going to um, be um, crucified uh, and then I'm going to be raised from the dead on the third day. There's many accounts in the gospels that you can see that he had this conversation with them and he told them what was going to happen to him. And then you think when when it actually happens, they don't understand it. And I was thinking, why don't they understand it? Because they hadn't been given the spirit of God yet. The revelation to um, unfold the mysteries of the Lord hadn't been given to them yet. So let's uh, look at the account um, of the in the road to Emmaus from Luke 24. I start from verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. 
Some uh, scholars think it's 17 miles, but it's about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Verse 15, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and he walked along with them. But they were kept from recognising him. I thought that's interesting that Jesus himself, he came alongside them. He was talking to them, but they were kept from recognising him. What does that mean? That means the supernatural was at work here. They were withheld from seeing Jesus, who he really was. I believe that the Holy Spirit was allowing them to grow in their faith, that Jesus wanted them to know him from the word rather than to always know him physically. And we'll see this in the the scriptures that follow. It says that as they talked with Jesus, as they talked with him, I thought that was interesting. So they were talking with Jesus. They didn't realise it was Jesus. But it it made me think of today, how we live today. And some of us don't realise it, that Jesus is always talking to us. He's always conversing with us and he always wants to. So have conversations with God. Jesus went alongside them in their life, in their distress. He was walking alongside them and started to talk to them. Hallelujah. I want to read from verse 17 now. So he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that happened there in these last days? Verse 19, what things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. So they say that he was a prophet. I noticed here that they didn't say to him, he was the son of God. They still didn't receive and realise that he was the son of the living God. And again, I say that's because they haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. The Lord loves to converse with us. And he's still doing that all the time by and through his spirit. So they carried on walking. Verse 25, go down to verse 25. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Slow to believe. That's what he said to them. You're slow to believe the word. All that the prophets had already said. They didn't have the New Testament like we do. They only had the Old Testament, which was which was from Genesis um, down to Malachi. So he knew that they would find him in those scriptures, the scriptures that he'd spoken to them about while he was walking with them before he'd been crucified. He was with them for three and a half years and they were his disciples. And he told them so much about the old covenant. His desire, the Lord's desire, is that they would start realising by their faith that he was in the scriptures. God wants us to see him in the word and trust him in the word of God. Don't be slow to believe the word like they were. We've even got more. We've got now from Matthew through to Revelation. So we've got the whole Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the Lord is still saying by the Spirit today, don't be slow to believe the word of the Lord. Be quick to believe the word of the Lord by the Spirit of the living God. Verse 26, Jesus says, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Oh, can you imagine that message? What must that message have been like? 
he unfolded himself to them through the scriptures, starting in the Old Testament, right through the Old Testament, from the beginning, right up until Malachi. Hallelujah. I would love to hear that message. So he wanted to reveal himself to them through the word of God. He didn't want them to rely on him physically being there because it was now a dispensation. Things were changing. The spirit was about to come and they were they were going to have to uh, operate by faith with the help of the Holy Spirit. Verse 28. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in and he stayed with them. Verse 30. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened up these scriptures to us? Hallelujah. Oh, what a time, what a moment it must have been for them. They went from being distressed, uh, talking about this um, tragedy that had happened to Jesus walking alongside with them. Then he started to expand the scriptures. Then they must have been thinking, wow, something's alive in us. Something is burning in us. And then he went he, he went to walk on and they were saying, no, no, come, come, come and tell us more. You know what it's like when you hear someone's preach or someone sharing with you and you're burning inside, your spirit is alive inside and you're thinking, I want to hear more. I want to know more. And that's what he did. He went in with them. He broke bread and then it was their time. It was their time at that moment for the scriptures, all that he shared with them to be revealed and God opened up their understanding. And then in a moment, he just disappeared and you can think, what what is happening? Again, I feel it's just him training, showing them that they can believe in them, him. They don't have to always see him, but he was gracious to them and he revealed himself to them again. Verse 33. So at this point, they got up, returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke bread. Hallelujah. So don't forget we're talking about testimony. And I saw in this that their testimony they brought to the disciples back in Jerusalem. They just made that long journey, whether it was seven miles, 17 miles, it was nighttime now. And now they made the journey back to Jerusalem because they were so full of the reality of what just happened, that Jesus was alive, that they had something to say. They had encounter with God and they wanted to then share it with the others. This is testimony. They wanted to share what had happened. So when they got there, not only did they want to share what was happening to them, they was then listening to what had happened to the disciples that were there. Jesus had been encountering them as they was encountering Jesus. They had testimony and they shared and rejoiced the testimony with each other. Hallelujah. And that's what God wants us to do. Um, verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened. Of course they were thinking that they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. 
Is it not I myself? Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So again, Jesus, he has another encounter with all of them. They're together and he has another encounter with them and they encounter him. Another testimony that they've got. This is testimony. This is the power of testimony that they went and told one another. They then went and told other people. And I was thinking about the testimony and I thought what they told one another and the excitement that caused them to walk miles in the dark to go back to Jerusalem to find um, their fellow um, believers to say, this is what's happened to us. This is what's happened to us. It's kind of like when we get together at the moment on Zoom and we're so hungry for God and praying and we want to tell each other uh, the goodness of God and some of the testimonies that you've um, already heard today. Testimony is so powerful. And I just want to say to you that those testimonies were so powerful that they've gone through history. They've gone through centuries, those testimonies, until they finally, one day the testimony got to you. That testimony that Jesus is alive. Someone told you about the encounters that they'd had. Someone told you the the risen Christ is alive. And they told you their experience and it had so much weight in it. It it just carried so much glory that you then, for those of us accepted Christ, it then impacted you so powerfully that your life is now changed because of that testimony that went through century after century after century until it got to you. And here we are today with the same testimony that we've encountered God and God has encountered us. And as we live our lives and by the glory and the grace of God, he's still blessing us. He's still coming into our lives. He's still coming into our existence. Our lives are a testimony. It's not just the words we speak. It's the way we live. Our lives are being read by someone. Our lives are saying something. If you're living for God half-heartedly, Let that change today. Let that stop. Live for God full force. Live for God with everything. People are watching. People are observing. Our testimony is our lives, not just what we say, but also our lives. Our testimony is when we we speak forth the healing that we've received. Our testimony is when we speak forth the blessings of God, when we share our encounters with others. People looking at our lives and then asking us questions and then us being able to say, Jesus is in my life. That's why things are different in my life. That's why I am the way I am. I'm not the same as I was before. The Lord has changed my life. The Lord has set me free. Hallelujah. It is to the glory of God that we can give our testimony. And when we give that testimony, glory goes back to him. Glory goes to him and people say how wonderful it is to love God. Glory goes back to him. It goes into our hearts also. Faith arises in us. And it gives us more faith to believe ourselves, to believe for others and say to others, I can pray for you. I, I, I've i got um, something that I can um, give you and talk to you about. You can be confident and say to yourself, I can help this person. I can make the difference. God wants us to be a people that make the difference. I was uh, just having a walk um, in the week and I was walking um, in the park near um, the QE hospital and uh this is all in one day and then i saw i saw this young lady um and she just was walking and she crossed my path and as she did i just felt the spirit saying um just to talk to her and i looked over at her and i thought initially maybe she had hay fever because um she was uh, had some tissues and uh, blowing her nose and uh 
Um, notice I said hay fever. I didn't even think about coronavirus until I just said the word now. So uh, I just felt the spirit of God um, just say, talk to her. So I said to her, oh, I- are you okay? And then she sobbed a bit more. So she'd just come out of the hospital and she'd just been given um, some some bad news. I didn't touch her. I just uh, said to her, my name's Kelly. What's your name? She told me her name and I said, can I pray for you? And she said her name was Helen and I could pray for her. I just prayed for her there and then. I just prayed for her under the anointing, the instructions of the Holy Spirit, uh, prayed hope over her and told her that Jesus loves her, that he's a healer. Uh, and it was just a simple prayer. But God allowed me to encounter her life, to make the difference to her life. I may never see her again, but God done something with those words. Because if we are prepared to step out in faith, God will never, ever allow those words to drop to the ground. He will always use those words because they are life. The word of God is spirit in its life. I carried on walking, got towards the end of the park. I saw this man um, on crutches. Uh, He was just getting up from the bench walking. He could just about walk. I was thinking, is he going to collapse in a minute? He had um, all of these pins coming out of his leg, you know, like a Frankenstein, um, uh, all of the metal, and but it was on his leg. So I just said to him, oh, hi, you know, um, how are you? What's happened to you? So he told me a little bit about what's happened to him. Um, and I just said to him, oh, well, I'm a Christian. Um, I believe in healing. I believe Jesus is a healer. Could I Could I just pray for you? And then he said, oh, yeah, I've got a Buddhist chanting for me. Um, you know, I said, that's OK. You've got a Buddhist ch- chanting for you. Can I pray for you? He said, yeah. I just prayed for him, told him Jesus is a healer, told him Jesus loved him. So we've got to remember that we are not called to change the whole world. We are called to change the world around us where we can, to make the differences where we can, to use our faith, to use our boldness. What was given to us through those testimonies that come down through the ages, through the centuries, has made the difference in our lives. We are born again today because of the testimonies, because of those encounters that Spirit of God has had with people throughout history, throughout the centuries, and now has come to our lives. Wherever I can make a difference, I will make a difference because someone made the difference in my life. Someone come and knocked at my door one day, 33 years ago, to tell me about the gospel of Christ Jesus, to tell me that Jesus is alive. They gave me their testimony of what he'd done for them and it changed my life. And I've never, ever looked back. I've never, ever turned to um, going back to living a life where I don't want nothing to do with God, that God is not real. God has shown me time and time again, he is reliable and he wants you to rely on him. He wants you to step out in boldness. He wants you to realise now, now is the time, more than ever, it's time. You're ready now to do the things that he wants you to do. Don't wait and put it off. Don't procrastinate. There's things that he's told you to do. There's a, a calling on your life, some of you, and he's told you to be in the right place at the right time and to take him up on what he's asked you to do. And he wants you to be a people that will say yes Lord, we will say yes to you and no. We will say no to the enemy. We will say no to walking in a different direction. But we will say yes to you because we are hearing your voice. Jesus died for us for a reason. He paid the price for a reason. Now, usually at the end of a preach, um, I like to do uh, what we call an altar call or to talk to somebody that hasn't received um, the Lord. 
and saviour. Um, and at this point, some Christians might kind of just switch off or get up and uh, make a cup of tea or so on and so forth. But I want to talk to Christians as well as people that maybe don't know the Lord right now. And I've got to read from uh, the Gospel of Matthew uh, about what Jesus, the, the Great Commission is and what Jesus um, told us to do. Matthew 28 and verse 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Mark 16 and verse 15. He said to them, Go throughout the whole world and preach the gospel to all people. I just want to say to you, the, the Great Commission hasn't changed. God still wants us to take what happened to us and then to go and give it to others. It hasn't changed. We shouldn't just switch off now when we think, oh, it's an altar call. The commission is to you to tell people around you, tell your family, tell your friends, tell those around you, tell people you might not ever see again, tell people that you might see again every single day. The hope that is in the gospel, the gospel is good news. Tell someone about the good news, that it's good news that Jesus is alive. It's good news that your life can change forever, that your eternal destination can change and that God can accept you into his family, that you can receive eternal life. Eternal life does not begin after we leave this earth when we die. Eternal life begins the second, the moment that you accept Jesus Christ into your heart to give him your life and to say, make something of my life. So I just want to encourage us, whether we know God or whether we don't know God, that today is the day of salvation. Whether you're a believer, salvation, that word salvation means wholeness. It means healing. It means recovery. It means restoration. If you don't know the Lord, today is your day to come into the family of God. God has got so much in store for us. And I want to remind you, put the word of God first place in your life. Feed on the word of God. Love the word of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to open up its power. Ask him to open up its mysteries to you. The mysteries of God are in the word of God to be revealed to those who will co-labor with the Holy Spirit and say to him, I want to know what your word says to me. I want to live by it. I want it to change my life. I want it to change the life of those around me. I want to see its power. I want to see your hand. I want to see miracles, signs and wonders. Not because I want to live by them. I want to live by your word. I don't want to be like the disciples that before um, uh, you uh, revealed yourself to them, that only want to you know, believe you once they see you physically. I don't want to be like Thomas, that I, I want to see these signs. I want to believe you because I want to use the faith that you've given me and put in my heart that you are alive and that you are enough. So Father, we just thank you. I just want to pray um, and then I'm going to pray for anyone who wants to receive the Lord. So Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the testimony, the testimony that Jesus is alive. That is the greatest testimony, that Jesus is alive, that he's not dead, but he is alive. Lord, I ask you, for those that are hearing me now, that they will take their testimony and that they will allow it to be multiplied by the power of their courage and the word that they will speak to share to others. Lord, that they won't be ashamed of their testimony. Lord, that they will say to others about themselves if they don't feel confident to tell people that they um, feel they don't know what to say, but you will give them the words to say because it's okay for them to speak about what you have done for them. Let the testimony be something fresh and new to the hearers of this message. 
in Jesus name. If you are listening and you've never received the Lord, now is your time. Now, today is the day that you can come into the family of God, that you can have your sins forgiven. But most importantly, it has to be your choice that you decide that you will repent of your sin and that you will give your heart to God. If you're willing to repent, if you're willing to say, I am a sinner. The Bible says that we've all fallen short. We're all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned and fallen short. We were all born into this world with the nature of our forefather, Adam, the nature of sin. And we need to be born again of the spirit to have the nature of the spirit of God. If that's you and you want to give your heart to God today, just say this prayer and God will then start a great work in your life. Say, Father God, I want to come to you with my life right now. Here it is. I want to repent of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. I want to turn away from them. I believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for me and that you raised him from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I confess it with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. I say, here is my life. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. Please receive my life now into the kingdom of God. I am a family member in Jesus name. Amen. If you want to know more, then you could um, look at the uh, this website uh, and contact us. We will be happy um, to lead you into more revelation of who Jesus is. Hallelujah. So for those of you that are a part of um, Woolwich Community Church, love you, bless you. I hope it won't be much longer before we gather together um, as a church uh, congregation. But do remember, we are still the church. No building confines us. No building is what we need to say, Okay, we we can't function um, outside of a building. We're functioning fine. We are the church individually. I do miss the corporate love of the body, the corporate meeting of Jesus' anointing, the corporate power that's to come. While it is called today, living today in its fullness, living today with the power, the anointing and the privileged life that you have in the spirit of God with him and with those around you. Bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.